everyone, and welcome to the Big Heartland Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Goodman, along with my co-host, TJ Herniak. Oh, Jonathan. Things are getting crazy. Things are getting crazy. Uh, I just did my uh, bracketology this past Monday, and there are still 12 teams from the Big Ten in my bracket. And, TJ, not only that, but I got 12 teams at a 10 seed or better, which means none of them are even close to a playing game. Wow. That's all I can <laughs> right? say to that is wow. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that I I unbelievable. still do not anticipate that like being a trend. I, I oh, fully yeah. expect like in February to be down to 11 or 10 teams. But sure, sure. the fact that it, we're in the middle of January and we are still there, and I'm not the only one that has 12 teams. In, no, you're definitely not. And it, no, it, like, definitely not. It, it is consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just crazy. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, it is. All right, you are listening to episode 62, recorded on Thursday, January 16th, 2020. This is the Big Heartland, where you can get the best best takes in Big Ten, Butler, and Notre Dame College basketball. Wherever you are listening, please help us out by subscribing to our podcast. If you could also give us a rating and a review, that would help us out a ton, getting us out there to more Big Ten fans just like you. On this edition of the Big Heartland Basketball Podcast, TJ and I will begin the show with our Dockets Takes of the Week. Then we di- we take a deeper look into a couple of Big Ten teams who got off to a great start but might be struggling amid the middle of the Big Ten season. But TJ, you know what time it is. It's bourbon time. It's bourbon time. Hey, I like that. We should we should do that every week. <laughs> it's kind of like a like a siren. Like, there you go. It's bourbon time, baby. There you go. Love it. All right, so I'm drinking a uh, Four Roses small batch today. I actually got so sick of trying to figure out which what which one I wanted. I just started picking them out of a hat. And oh. so I just because I, I I just sometimes I can't decide. So now I I got pieces of paper deciding for me. So this is what the pieces of paper told me to drink today. So I got Four Roses small batch, and uh, we're gonna crack it open. Here we go. Not bad. not bad, not bad, not 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 great, but that was that was that was nice. It was kind of a, a light little pop. Yeah, it was just kind of boop boop. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, cheers, TJ. All right, TJ. Uh, Dockage takes of the week, and uh, for those of you new to the show, and. How could you be new to the show? You need to go back and listen to former episodes. But uh, the Dockage Take of the Week stands for Dumbass Accusations, Navishly Imitating Cerebral Hogwash. And TJ, why don't you go first? I want to I, I want to save mine. You, you go first. All right, Jonathan. Well, uh, my Dockage Take of the Week, you're going to like this. Ohio State, Maryland, and Michigan are going to finish outside of the top four in the Big Ten this season what do you think about that Jonathan? that's a dockage take don't you think okay okay hold on you got you have to complete it for me who is in the top okay I, i'm sure you got michigan state so who are the other three that you are putting in the top four michigan state's gonna definitely be there okay so yeah. i'm gonna say yep, michigan yep, yep. state is is a lock and and i'm going based off of what i've seen here recently it's probably gonna be a mix of what I'm going to say is going to be five teams, okay? Okay. It's going to be out of either Rutgers, Illinois, oh my God, Wisconsin, 
Oh my god. Purdue or Iowa. Jeez. So th- you're saying three of the three of those five three of those are going to finish are ahead gonna, of the are going to finish ahead of Maryland, Ohio State, and Michigan. I just think all these teams are running out of gas, Jonathan. I mean, I, I'm not impressed by any of them. Um, they've uh-huh. lost. They've lost games. I think you're going to get to your dockage take, which uh, highlights uh, road wins, and you can't win on the. I mean, if you win on the road in the Big Ten, it's going to be like winning two games. One road win is going to be like winning two games because it's just the Big Ten is just so good from top to bottom. I mean, literally, Northwestern is the only Big Ten team that you should beat every time you play them. And Nebraska is not a, a guaranteed win, Minnesota is not a guaranteed win. Uh, even our struggling Hoosiers are not a guaranteed win. So I think that. Ohio State, Michigan, and Maryland are going to struggle to win anything on the road. And they've kind of all gotten off to a mediocre start to the Big Ten here, especially Ohio State Michigan. I mean, they're below 500 right now in the Big Ten. I just don't think they're going to be able to get themselves into that top four. I just think those other teams are going to put themselves in a position to be in the top four. So... I don't think those uh, those three teams will be in the top four. I think they're running out of gas. Already, wow. Jonathan, already running out of gas. Ohio State especially. Ohio State, uh, uh, the way they played against IU last Saturday is alarming to me. Alarming. Because we did not play well. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think you're Still wrong. lost by double um, figures. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely see it out of Michigan. I think Ohio State's going to take an upturn at some point you just haven't quite seen the evidence yet um of them turning the corner but uh, yeah i I think eventually they'll they'll get it maryland is one that like i just think on the road they're just gonna be bad i just i I think i'm i I think i was always with you with with the maryland part because you know the only reason why i put maryland in my top four at the very beginning of the season was because i didn't think the big 10 was going to be that great and, and so excellent. I just thought that they would be consistently good compared to other teams in the Big Ten. But now you've got this loaded 12-deep Big Ten that is just going to be so difficult to navigate, even at home. Yeah. And I, I just think Maryland's not going to be good on the road. And then they're going to slip up once or twice at home, I feel. And that's just going to be enough to probably put you out of the top four. Now, to have all three of these teams out of the top four – I you know a docket's take sure, but in reality I I'm I can't take it I I just I have a hard time with with that one uh, Michigan yeah I mean I the only the only thing that's really kept me on Michigan's bandwagon is Xavier Simpson and John Teske, but even then like they're just they're just not as good and they can get in a real they get they can get in a real weird place because of the way that Juwan Howard wants to play his styles a little bit more fast, but 
I don't really think this team is really suited to play fast, mm-hmm. at least not in all five positions. So it just makes it a weird concept for that team. Yeah. And then it's just really this this whole take is banking on, in my opinion, Ohio State not getting it together. But when you're considering Rutgers, who's they're legit. I mean, there's no other way around it. They're legit, and they're it's getting to it. Yeah, it's getting to a territory where it's going to be very difficult for them not to make the tournament, which mm-hmm. is absolutely crazy because it's been, I believe, it's been 29 seasons since yeah. Rutgers has made the NCAA tournament. 1991. 29 seasons. Unreal. Unreal. Um. Iowa, I, I'm in a kind of love-hate relationship with Iowa. I don't mm-hmm. know what to expect. I I like them more than I thought I would, but then again, I picked them to be 11th at the, in the preseason, so I obviously didn't like them hardly at all at the beginning of the season. Uh, but they're definitely better than that. Um, Wisconsin, I have no idea about that team. I mean, they, they did lose at home and – you know they've got the road wins at Ohio State. But I, I don't. I still don't know. Man, it, it's just gonna be crazy. I just think like top four is gonna be a very fluid concept in in this year. Like I think there's gonna be a lot of teams tied for third. You know, at eleven and nine or whatever, twelve and eight. Mm-hmm. And so then you get this mesh of top four teams. I don't know. It's just gonna be. It's just gonna be insane, you know. You know, I, I look at on Ken Palm almost every day, and Ken Palm, I, they do uh, future predictions on on Ken Palm, their their equation, and um, they're predicting the the top twelve Big Ten teams to finish in between fourteen and six and nine and eleven, all twelve teams. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's if that happens. Pandemonium! Holy smokes! If that happens, I think you're. I think you're almost. I don't want to say guaranteed because that, that'd be hard to. You're gonna really have pinpoint. 10, you're gonna it, have at least ten, and you're gonna have at least away. ten. I was. Ab- I was about to say you're almost guaranteed to have eleven. Almost, maybe. Almost, depending it, it, on who. It that depends, that, on, who the teams, teams it depends on the teams. It depends on the teams, but yep. but yeah, I mean you're there. I mean you're right there. Ten, eleven teams. That's that's crazy, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, TJ, you ready for mine? I'm ready. Oh, man. So, you know, in the notes, I kind of tease you. I don't put it all out there. So I have in my notes six road in-conference victories. So right now, out of uh, all all Big Ten play, there's only been six road victories uh, between conference foes. And, TJ, my docket's take is that in a week and a half, a week and a half, merely ten days, we are going to see it doubled. We are going to see six road victories in the next ten days. No. Yes. You're crazy. <laughs> yes. That's the point of this. <laughs> You're insane, Jonathan. I mean, I know there's some good there's some good matchups uh, as far as road and home goes uh, for the Big Ten. Um, there's some good matchups, but ah, man, I'm not buying that. Uh, how can I buy that? Are you ready? I'm ready. Come on, hit okay. me with it. Tell me, so tell here, me why here, I'm gonna be wrong. 
here are my six. So tomorrow, Michigan plays at Iowa. I'm going to say Michigan goes in there and beats Iowa. Okay. Okay, so that's one. And, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have like seven or eight, just kind of as a buffer. So I'm gonna say that Ohio State goes into Penn State and beats Penn State. We're we're gonna talk about those two teams, so that's gonna be a kind of a a fun conversation there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw this one out there. I don't think this is gonna happen just because I'm so down on my Hoosiers, but I'm gonna put Indiana at Nebraska. Because that's got to be on watch. Anybody at Nebraska that's not named Northwestern has to be on watch for a road victory. Mm-hmm. So I'll put that one on there. I, For the record, I believe Nebraska is going to win that game. And I think, TJ, I think you think that too, right? Yep, agreed. Yeah, so, I mean, I just have to put it out there because it's at Nebraska. If you're one of the top 12 teams, you should win at Nebraska. But I say okay. that to say. So I'll put that one out there. And then – I got to go Maryland at Northwestern. That's got to be an easy one, right? Uh, you would think. Yep. So there's four. And then I'm going to go Penn State returning a favor and beating Michigan on the road. So Michigan winning on the road, then Penn State. Because I think, I think teams are going to start getting in like desperate mode and start really up in their game on the road. Okay. And then <clears> – <throat> So we're we're right now on the twenty third. So this is a week, a week from now. So I've, I'm up to five. I'm gonna say Michigan State at Indiana. That's yeah. next Thursday. Yeah. I'm gonna say that one. And then we go all the way to Sunday, which is gonna be my our tenth day. And I'm gonna say Maryland at Indiana is gonna be on a watch. Michigan State at Minnesota is gonna be on a watch. And Ohio State at Northwestern is probably going to be a must. So okay, there's the there's 26th, nine games. The 26, all three of those could, could be go. road victories. Yeah, yes. that, okay, okay. So well, I had that's why I had to do 10 days. I couldn't do a week. So I had to I had to go 10 days cuz I needed those 3 cuz all three of those has a have a great chance of being road victories. Yeah, okay. So because of the matchups, I can kind of see where your crazy's going. But Jonathan, this is the Big 10. This is the Big Ten in 2020, Jonathan. This is craziness, man. It's true. You just can't bet that you're going to see that many road victories when we've only seen six road victories up to this point where pretty much every team's already played five conference games. So I just can't. I can't wrap my head around that. that We're going to see six more road victories. In believe the conference, it. I, I just I, I'm I'll believe it when I see it. But man, oh man, that's hard to wrap my head around just because of how tough it has been already to win on the road. I mean, unless your name's Wisconsin, you're not <laughs> Who, winning. Who's lots responsible of road games. for three of them? Yeah, exactly. I said unless your name's Wisconsin, uh, you're you you're gonna struggle on the road. At, at least that's the way it looks right now. So, but man, I we'll see. I guess we'll see. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it'll be it's, interesting. It, it's going to be a grind. I and like I was saying earlier, TJ, I just think that teams are going to be so aware of this home dominance that it's just going to have one person is going to come through, and then it's just going to be like a leaky pipe, and it just busts, uh, I, and people are going to get more more 
road victories. Yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting to see too, Jonathan, because if that does happen, it'll be interesting to see how that affects uh, the ability for 10, 11, 12 Big Ten teams to make it to the tournament because if teams start to win on the road and there are teams that start to struggle at home, okay, I, let's think about our Hoosiers for a second because our Hoosiers always make me nervous. We like to think that Assembly Hall is a place where you can't go in and win, but the ra- the reality is we're gettable in Assembly Hall. So Very, very gettable. So what happens if the wheels come off and we lose three, four, five home games? We lose three, four, five home games, and then we're setting at a record of you know seven and thirteen in the conference. Oh, you're not you're not getting in the tournament that way. No, you're not getting in the tournament. So now IU, you're going to tell me IU's going to finish twelfth, thirteenth? I mean, I if, mean that's, yeah, if they if they if they get if that they way seven and thirteen, yeah. Yeah, they're going to. So, I mean, if a team does that, I mean, even Wisconsin right now doesn't look, you know, the Kohl Center is usually a place where people go and, you know, you, uh, you know you're, you're winning there. You know, they're winning there. They're, you don't go in on the road and win in the Kohl Center, but yet Wisconsin is currently one and two in the conference in the Kohl Center. You know, if they lose a bunch of home games, they're going to have to continue to win on the road, which is going to be very difficult in the Big Ten this year. So, uh, you know, if that does happen where teams start to win on the road a lot, uh, you know, if if those teams that start to hemorrhage home losses could could take a hit um, as far as an opportunity to get into the tournament. So that makes me a little nervous on the, the prospects of, uh, teams getting into the tournament. I feel like if home teams hold serve and you maybe steal one or two road games throughout the season, then I can see us getting 10, 11, 12 teams in. But if we get some teams to start winning everything on the road um, or we get a couple teams who start hemorrhaging home losses, then then you might see us kind of, like you said, like we've always said here over the past couple of weeks, we might start to cannibalize each other and then end up with you know only eight or nine teams in because we've We've got a few teams who kind of ate each other up or got eaten up by the the top half of the Big Ten. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that's the key right there is is the top four, whoever that's going to be, are they going to start winning on the road and, and yeah. winning against teams like Indiana and mm-hmm. Minnesota? You know, those are, those are the teams that can't really afford to lose at home. Sure. Yeah, you know, Iowa, uh, Iowa, for per, example. Purdue, producing Purdue. there. I mean, Purdue seems invincible yeah. at Mackey, but and I know I'm saying that, and they they lost this this season to Texas at home. Yeah. It's kind of amazing, but yeah. it, it's let's be honest, it's a little different atmosphere during Big Ten games versus a non-con game, even if it is Texas. Oh, sure, but sure. Uh, I mean, it's it's very very important to you know keep home court. Mm-hmm. Win at home and and save face there, uh, but I just feel like there's got to be some give to it, and I think it's coming. So we gonna find out. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> All right, TJ. Uh, t- today I, w- I wanted to kind of dive into a couple of teams that got off to great starts that we were really really high on as early as like two weeks ago. You know, mm-hmm. we you know we were really really high on these two teams, and now they've kind of gotten a little losing streak, and 
I don't know. I kind of feel a little bit differently about both of them, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you, Jonathan. I think that uh, both of these teams uh, were a house on fire to start the season. And now they are uh, smoldering at best. Um, and it's kind of alarming because if the Big Ten is as good as we think it is, these two teams are going to have to win uh, very consistently both on the road and at home to work their way back up to the top where we thought, like you said, just as short as a few weeks ago, we thought both of them would be. So, Yeah, so so let's get into it. We're, we're going to talk about Penn State first. And uh, so let's let's go back a couple of weeks where this team was ranked 25th at Camp Palm and you know they were 12 and 2, 2 and 1 in the conference coming off of a, a really great game, a back and forth game against Iowa. They they won it by 3 and that was a that was a game in Palet- at the Palestra in Philadelphia and you know a lot of uh, Penn State alum uh, went to that game and it was a great atmosphere uh, for Penn State and you know, it was a really fun game to watch. You know, so you go from that, where they're twelve and two. Their only losses are to an Ole Miss team that has really floundered um, mm-hmm. on a neutral, a close loss there. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they got blitzed at at Ohio State when Ohio State was, you know, looking like the number one team in the country. And that was that was their only losses. They had you know wins against a. a a good Georgetown team at the time on the road. Yale at home uh, was was a, a solid win, uh, even though they did have to come back in that game. Uh, Syracuse, uh, they had the Maryland Maryland game, Alabama uh, at home, and then they you know the Iowa game on a on a neutral, so sort of neutral. Mm-hmm. You know, they had they had a lot of solid wins. Yeah, and now we we get into the part where they're on this three game losing streak. Losing to Rutgers on the road, Wisconsin at home, which was kind of the big kicker. This is kind of where everything kind of changes, and yep. then the the Minnesota game, which was last night on the road. And I guess the the theme in all three of them is, I think this team in the past three games has kind of lost what really got them that first start, and what really got them that first start was was team basketball. Mm-hmm. And so when I watched last night's game against Minnesota, who, yeah, Minnesota's a, they're a mixed bag on defense. Like, you, you can get some good possessions out of them, but sometimes they just, they don't really defend very well. Yeah. And I, I just don't think Penn State really took advantage of the times where, where Minnesota wasn't really running things well on their offensive end. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like they played up to what Minnesota was going to give that night. Yeah. And that's not a game that you can play on the road. Um, you know, it, it got a little chippy. I don't know if you saw highlights, TJ, but it got a little chippy, and Daniel Oturu was, was kind of running his mouth. And, and I really felt like Oturu got into Penn State's, the, the Penn State players' minds. You know, uh, at, at one point, uh, Oturu and Mike Watkins got technical fouls, double technical fouls, and... You know, as as a home team, it's not that big of a deal because you got your home crowd behind you. But on the road, that's not necessarily the place that you want to be at, getting yeah. a technical foul. Um, you know, Mike Watkins was was stepping up for his player. He was he was 
I really honestly didn't think he did too much. He basically stared down Oturu and challenged him. Mm-hmm. But that was that was about it. It wasn't malicious or anything like that, but it's not really that's not showing leadership. He's a senior. You know I, I really felt like the first half of the season, Penn State was focused on I love my coach. I want to get him to the NCAA tournament. I really felt yeah. like they were very focused in that setting. Yeah. And now they've kind of lost that in the, the last three games. They're not playing together like they were. And that's where you see the slip up. But, TJ, what I'm more concerned about, and the, the thing that kind of made me change my mind, is looking ahead. And looking ahead, it is just landmine after landmine. I mean, how do you avoid you've got Ohio State at home who is struggling and and we we went over that I personally think Ohio State's going to win that game because Ohio State needs to get out of their rut you know and then you go on that and then you got to go to Michigan and I kind of feel the same way about that game as I do about Ohio State Penn State's got to get out of their rut so I almost think that Penn State can go into Michigan and win at Michigan. And then you've got a home game against Indiana that you probably definitely have to win. And then you have a road game that is probably a must at Nebraska. And then Michigan State, Minnesota, Purdue. You've got a home game against Northwestern, kind of a little breather. And then Illinois, Indiana, Rutgers, Iowa, Michigan State. Like, there is no room to breathe in that schedule. Um, you could argue that home game against uh, Northwestern, but that's smack dab in the middle of at Purdue. Good luck, and then mm-hmm. Illinois at home. Who's they've won on? They they beat Wisconsin on the road. Who Wisconsin beat you at home? Yeah. So like this, it is deadly, and they need to get their ship righted quick. So I I, I don't know. I, I'm just starting to kind of feel like. Maybe they're not going to get this done. What do you think? Well, Jonathan, I think that they're, you know, I think one thing Penn State has going for them is they're still a good team. And and they've still got plenty of talent. Uh, They just have to play together. And, you know, I'm a big stats guy, and you know this. And, you know, when you talk team basketball, what's the stat that you look at first? Well, you look at field goals made and then compared to assists. Yeah. And so Penn State has done two things in this three-game losing streak they've been on. They've shot the ball very poorly, and that could be a byproduct of taking contested shots, but they also have a low number of assists. Nine assists against Rutgers, eight against Wisconsin, 12 against Minnesota. I look look at assists – pretty quickly when a team's not playing team basketball and when the teams you're competing against have 15, 18, 20 assists and you don't, that kind of hints towards like what you said. They're not really playing that moving the ball team brand of basketball. And so they've been relying a little bit too much on the, on the one-on-one matchups to try to create offense so if they can get that fixed and they can start to play that team brand of basketball again, they're still talented enough that they can survive the brutal schedule that they're going to face. And it is brutal. 
You're right. I mean, I think you're going to have to look at Ohio State as a loss. Michigan's going to need to be a win. Otherwise, they're going to lose five in a row. If they lose five in a row, I'd say you got to beat Indiana, but you never know. Indiana might figure things out, and maybe they come in and beat you on your home floor. Who knows? You could drop a game at Nebraska, even though you probably should win that. Yeah, and, and this is what I was talking about with my docket's take is that there, there's the Penn State's not alone here. I mean, people are going to get into little losing streaks like this, and it just so happens that their next game will be on the road or something. Yeah, and they are going to be hungry. Like yeah, you have, have to, to come be. out and yeah. play hard to beat yeah. that team at home, and I just think it's going to catch up with a lot of Big Ten teams. And it may, or. <laughs> You might see a team like Penn State go on an IU-esque losing streak well, like what well, IU hell, did last they, year, they losing could, 10 they, out of 11. Well, they could go on their own. You know, Remember, they were 0-10 to start the Big Ten last year. That's true, they were. So, I mean, that's the thing is that if you don't get the little things figured out that were helping you win at the start of the season, it's not going to get any easier, and it's only going to get harder. So, yeah, I mean – that's the silver lining for Penn State is they're still a talented team. Pat Chambers is still a good coach. They've just got to get this thing figured out. they got to get back to the basics that got them off to that great 12-2 and two start. And it's got to start at home against Ohio State on Saturday. If it doesn't start in that game, then, you know, losing four in a row in the Big Ten as competitive as it is right now is not going to do you any favors even if the losses are against good tournament worthy teams it's not going to do you any favors and so you got to hold serve at home and hope that you can get a, a steal a game or two on the road i mean that's what you got to do and penn state's in that situation right now where they've got to do that i mean they're sitting at they're sitting at what 1 and 4 or 2 and 4 uh, they're they're 2 and 4 yep 2 and 4 so they're sitting at 2 and 4 i mean if you go 2 and 5 2 and 6 ooh you know, yeah, for, a I mean, team that, just, for a team that we thought might be twelve and eight, two yeah. and six is not a good place to be. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a, almost impossible to get to, to twelve and eight at that point. And and they yeah. could they could it's very realistic for them to be facing two and six. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Yeah, uh, you know, the only plus I think that they have is they do have, you know, three games against Nebraska and Northwestern. Yeah, that helps. You know, that, you know those should uh, be know, three wins. It, you still have to earn them. You know, it's not going to oh, be yeah. easy going to Lincoln and, and, and beating Nebraska, but you've got to you got to get them. You you have yeah. to get them. You know, yeah. and you know if you think about it that way, then you've got five Big Ten wins. You know, if you can squeeze, you got to squeeze five more out. In my opinion, you know, five more out, and and, and you feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Yeah, if you can finish 500, you feel all right. But man, if you can't finish 500, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be brutal on Selection Sunday for some of these teams. Yes, it is. All right, TJ, what about uh, let's go to the Buckeyes? And this is an interesting team because much like Penn State, they got off to a really good start, but this team was considered by a lot of people to be potentially the number one team in the country. Yeah. A couple of times, a couple of instances. Uh, mm-hmm. First, you know, they were undefeated. They were 9-0, and then they go to Minnesota. Like, they were going to be number one in the AP poll had they just beat Minnesota on the road. Yep. And then, they, of course, they, they go and they 
lose to Minnesota on the road, so they're not number yeah. one. Uh, but then, you know, a couple weeks or actually one week passes by and they beat Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now they're they're right back into that conversation where they could be number one team. And then what do they do? Uh, after Christmas, they lose to West Virginia in Cleveland, uh, kind of a quasi-neutral home-ish game. I don't know. Yeah. There, there was there was a lot more West Virginia fans there than I thought there would be, but mm-hmm. it's basically a middle point, I guess, uh, in between two the two campuses. Uh, but then they lose the, Wisconsin at home. Like no one expected that. This is when Wisconsin was not good. Yeah. Like Wisconsin was, they were they were the one team that I was leaving out of my bracketology. That I I thought for sure heading into January that game was on January third, heading into January I thought Wisconsin was going to be the one team other than Nebraska and Northwestern that was out of my field, and then yeah. they go ahead they win this game and I, I can't take I can't leave them out now, so it's just unbelievable. And then consequently they go on the road at Maryland at Indiana and uh, lose pretty comfortably in both those games. It's no secret, TJ. This team is really struggling offensively. Oh, yeah. uh, they they don't have a, a, a good rhythm going. Uh, teams have really figured out how to guard Caleb Wesson, which is kind of interesting mm-hmm. because the teams have guarded him differently. Uh, West yeah. Virginia and Indiana pretty much guarded him one on one and made him kind of pushed him out because they're they're naturally big, and so they they pushed him out of out of the lane. They made him work. They just made him you know if you're gonna shoot over the top of me and 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 hit you know tough little hooks that by all means that's how you're going to beat us but yeah. you're going to have to prove it and then you know Wisconsin Maryland kind of played a more finesse where they really attacked them and, and sent uh you know a big forward or, or somebody to to come hard double yeah. uh, and that's how they attacked them so it was just kind of an interesting way of two different styles attacking this Ohio State offense and really getting really bothering them and they've really gotten out of a funk um, or into a funk with their three-point shooting. Uh, yeah. It's just interesting how those two things coincided with Caleb Wesson being being guarded just better, yeah. and then their three-point shooting kind of taking a fall. No, definitely for sure. I mean, and I mean, let's be honest, Jonathan. It's no secret the the way Caleb Wesson goes is typically the way Ohio State goes. You know, if Caleb Wesson plays good, is scoring. 20 points, grabbing 8 to 10 rebounds a game, Ohio State's going to be playing pretty well because he's going to attract the defense and they should get open shots that they should hit half the time. But you're exactly right. Teams have been able, teams like West Virginia and IU have been able to play him straight up one-on-one, put force him into contested shots that he's not converted a very high percentage of and then at the same time, they've been able to play defense on all the other guys and force them into contested shots. I mean, I used defense against Ohio State was probably about as good as you could ask for as far as strategy goes because they didn't give up any uncontested jump shots off of double teams of Caleb Wesson. And these teams that are double teaming him, the guys they're leaving open aren't hitting shots. So they've got to either figure out one of one of two things: either Caleb Wesson's got to figure out a team, uh, figure out a way to beat guys one on one, or to beat double teams, 
or these other guys got to start knocking down shots. And really what it is is the other guys got to start knocking down shots again so that Caleb Wesson has room to operate. And these teams can't go double him. And so, or that he, or where he commands a double team and then gives those guys opportunities to shoot. And then they go back to being kind of a, a two headed monster, which is what they were at the beginning of the season. But they've kind of gotten away with that because Caleb Wesson has struggled a little bit and then the shooting has struggled a little bit. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, if Ohio State can figure out their offensive problems, they're solid on defense. I mean, really, they're not a bad defensive team. But you got to be able to score the ball to win. And if you can't score, it doesn't matter if you're holding teams to 60 points or less each night. You know, it's not going to matter. Because you, if you can't score more than 60, then you got a problem, which is essentially what's happened. I mean, they've held, in that four-game losing streak, they held every single opponent below 70 points. But they didn't. So, but yeah. They, yeah, but they didn't score more than fifty nine in any of those games. I mean, it's great defense to hold teams under seventy, but it's terrible offense when you can't score over sixty. And I mean, eh, you know, I'll give a little bit of a break. You know, I'll give a little credit to Wisconsin, Maryland, Indiana, and West Virginia for playing good defense on them. But come on, man, four games in a row—that's pretty tough. So they've got to figure it out. Either the, either Caleb Wesson's got to figure out a way to assert his dominance, even in double teams or tough one-on-one matchups, or these other guys got to start knocking down shots. And so that's that's what it comes down to, I think, for Ohio State on the offensive end. On defense, they just need to continue to keep doing what they're doing. If they can continue to hold teams under 70 points every every night, they'll be fine on the defensive end. But they got to figure out those offensive woes or – uh, things could get ugly for the Buckeyes too. I mean, let's just look ahead at their schedule. I mean, their schedule is not nearly as tough as maybe like what we said with with Penn State. But I mean, they're going to go Penn State on the road, Minnesota at home. They get Northwestern on the road. Then they get IU, and then they got to go on the road to Michigan and Wisconsin. And then let's talk about their finish. You know, Rutgers at home, Purdue at home, Iowa on the road, Maryland. At home, they get Nebraska, but they're on the road. Then you get Michigan. Then you get Illinois. Then you're at Michigan State. The only silver lining there is is a lot of those games are at home against some pretty you know tough teams or teams that are right there in the middle of the Big Ten. But after these next, you know, let's say after the next four games, Ohio State's schedule is going to be pretty tough down the down the stretch. I mean, again. Uh, really, uh, outside of maybe Michigan State, nobody really has a slouch schedule this year, you know. And even no. Michigan State's yeah. schedule is not going to be a slouch schedule. So, I mean, you got to bring it every night, and so it'll it'll be interesting to see what Ohio State does. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for like the well placed home games in in that like <laughs> final eleven games, uh, that's. I mean that's pretty tough. They're they're lucky that they don't have to go to Mackey this season, uh, and and usually Purdue plays really well against Ohio State uh, at Mackey. Um, man, it's 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 crazy. These these next uh, these next four games for Ohio State are, are going to be big. Um, yeah. At at Penn State, Minnesota, um, at Northwestern, and Indiana. Those four games. 
they could win them all. They they they're legit. They could win them all. Um, but the the trouble is if they go somehow. I don't know how. But if they go two and two, I think they're in big trouble. Yeah, um, I agree. Not as, not as far as like making the tournament. Like I think they you know wins against Cincinnati, Villanova, Kent State, even you know, North Carolina on the road. Unless you know, they completely implode, they're they're in the it, tournament. Yeah, I would have a hard time believing. I mean, they'd have to go on like an eight, nine game losing streak, or yeah, it, yeah. it just have to be some insane. I just don't think. I think Chris Holtman's too good of a coach to let that happen. But it, I mean, it certainly wouldn't look good. It, it, it just make this team that we once thought could be a one or two seed be a six, seven, or eight seed, which is crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's wild, man. It's wild, but hey, this is the Big Ten this year. I mean, I mean it's it's a it lot of fun. It is yeah, a it is. lot of fun. It totally uh, because is. you just don't know what's you're you're just anticipating kind of the next thing to happen, but you just don't know what that next thing is. Yeah. Like, you know, me, I'm just like somebody's going to win on the road. Somebody is going to start a, a winning streak that's going to be surprising. Maybe it's Rutgers. I don't. I don't know. I mean, this conference is as deep and as unpredictable as I've seen it. You know, in the what twelve years or whatever that I've really been paying attention uh, mm-hmm. to Big Ten basketball. It's just unreal. I'm I'm super excited. I love watching uh, coming home and, and watching games. Uh, you know, replays from the night before or whatever. Uh, the only the only games I, I kind of dread is is the IU games because I, I also don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I want IU, IU to win. win. I also don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. The, the game last night was just so depressing. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, shoot. Do you want to talk about the fantasy teams that we have going on? Uh, can I just tell our listeners that uh, I suck at picking a college basketball fantasy team? I was entirely unprepared uh, for our draft. Uh, it shows in some of my draft picks. Uh, I'm looking at you, Pete Nance. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, he he got five free throw attempts last game. Five. Oh my goodness, he got five free throw attempts. So that means he's got five free throw attempts on the season. Uh, on the Big, Big Ten, Ten season, on the Big Ten yeah, season. on the Big Ten season. What a what a cupcake! My goodness, <laughs> I've I've met cookies that are tougher than Pete Nance. My goodness gracious, what were you thinking, TJ? Um, yeah, but Jonathan's kicking my tail. So Jonathan, you can update on stats and stuff like that if you want to. But I I think it's just safe for our listeners to know that uh, you're taking me to the proverbial woodshed. <laughs> and let me have it uh, because yeah that's that's where it's at so so tj just to give you a heads up we are going to do that two player exchange next week oh i cannot wait so yeah you can you I can, can think about who you're going to trade wait. out and who you're going to add cough cough travion williams is probably going to be one um or at least it should be if you're not going to take travion williams i'm going to take travion williams uh, does it, do either of us have Marcus Carr? No, none of us. That was that no. was the other one I was going to mention the, for you. There's one that I'm picking up right away. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm I'm stupid. I, I'm just 
It's okay. Yeah. You, you live and you learn, man. I, t- I, t- I told everybody last <laughs> week on our dockage take that we're just a bunch of idiots. So I'm just, you know, I'm just showing off my idiot. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, man, you know, we, we are from Indiana, so. This is true. It's, it's got to be part of it, right? Uh, maybe. Who knows? But, yeah, I can't wait for the, uh, I can't wait for the, the draft redo uh for next week i'll be looking forward to that so two player two player exchange you can take any two players will stop their their stats i won't accumulate any more stats for those two players and then we get uh, two more players that we can add on to our team um i i think i know i i definitely know one but i i don't know about who i'm gonna get rid of uh other than the other one but uh and and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be very generous TJ, and I'm gonna let you pick two. I'm gonna let you pick your two first before I before I pick. Oh, how kind of you! Well, if that doesn't <laughs> if that doesn't just tell all our listeners, you know where the current standings sit, then uh, hey, yeah, you're it's... you are one offensive rebound behind me. One. Ooh, that's the only <laughs> statistic I'm probably closest. Oh, jeez. Oh my goodness! I can't. That I'm just embarrassed. I might as well just buy you a, a gift card to your favorite bourbon facility, uh, and just, or I would just buy another bottle of bourbon and just send it in the mail because uh, it's over, folks. Uh, it is Vince Carter, windmill dunk, and the dunk contest over. Y- y- TJ, you never know. I know. What I'm if you overtake me in offensive rebounds and you get? Marcus Carr to go freaking off on three-point attempts, and he gets to the free throw line a lot and hits quite a bit. You never know. Who knows? Jonathan. Steals? No. What if no. What if I get rid Just... of Matt Harms and so I don't have those blocks? I don't know. That's nah, not going to happen, Jonathan. I'm, <laughs> I'm just not holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath. It's not going to be good, my friend. So... Hey, you know what though? At least it's fun. We can make fun of me on the show because I can't pick a fantasy college fantasy basketball team. But you know, whatever. Hey, uh, hey, did you did you realize that we got our first like shout out on uh, Twitter? No, did, I did. Did you see this? No, uh, we got we got me. a sh- yeah we got a shout out on Twitter from um, Vine's Connection, and it's uh, it's a I'm guessing a Liberty university affiliated something and uh they shouted us out because i had put liberty as an as an eight seed in my brackets and um yeah they shouted me out for it and i i i commented on their 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 little shout out and i was just like uh yeah well (laughs) you know that's pretty much the ceiling here because there's not much liberty's going to be able to do even if they win out and they're uh, you know they're kind of stuck in the middle because their teams are just going to catch up to them because teams are going to inevitably get quad one wins and there's going to be no quad one wins for Liberty. So yeah. I was just like, let's it on one end. It's cool that we got shouted out. And two, um, it, it was kind of sad because <laughs> uh, it's not going to last. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reality is that's not going to be uh, what it is, but Hey, yeah, that's cool that we got, uh, you know, people are recognizing the big heartland. So thank you to our listeners who, uh, you know, are listening every week. We appreciate you. 
Shout out Addis Moore on Twitter. You know, I'm going to tell you that again here in about 30 seconds, but you know, just do it. Bother Jonathan, heckle him, do something. Yeah. Give me something Uh, to do. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's not like you have a kid and a wife and, you know, a job. You just, hey, all they, he does is care about the podcast. They both like, go to sleep people. at 830. So I got plenty oh, to do. Geez. I'm a late bloom. I, I go to bed at like midnight. So I got plenty of time. Bring it on. Someone harass this gentleman, please, <laughs> on Twitter. Someone get after Jonathan on Twitter, please. All right, guys. Hey, that's another episode of the Big Heartland. Remember, you can catch the Big Heartland on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. As always, please subscribe, leave us a rating and a review, and you can always send us our comments either uh, on Facebook or you can hit us up on email at thebigheartland at gmail.com. Or again, you can troll Jonathan on Twitter because he stays up till midnight every night because his wife and child go to bed early at the Big Heartland. Please troll Jonathan on Twitter. He needs it. He deserves it. Uh, he'll probably be <laughs> sipping bourbon as he responds to you, but get at Jonathan at the Big Heartland on Twitter. Don't forget, guys, the best way to stay up to date on everything Big Ten basketball is to subscribe to the Big Heartland on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify. As always, guys, we're here to make this the best Big Ten basketball podcast for you, our listeners. So, for my host, Jonathan Goodman, I'm your co host, TJ Herniak. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening.